We are back on stand with economy expert Kevin Freeman. If you did not get a chance to watch this episode because you're listening to it, I really encourage you to check out that first segment and just the cool pirate money, if you will, original currency that Kevin was holding up because it's amazing to see. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a dime or a nickel, let alone old currency, right? So those are some pretty amazing coins to see. Um, Kevin, I really like that you don't just talk about problems. You actually hustle to implement solutions, and you've been working on implementing these solutions. I think I can see a lot of challenges to implementing um, the solutions you're talking about. One of the challenges we run into in Alaska is, while I love the idea of a gold-backed currency or gold and silver, we're not allowed to touch our minerals. Uh, another challenge that I hear you talking about is this would be a state-based system. There's 50 of those <laughs> instead of one federal government. Um, so how have you gone about working to implement this as a solution? I know you've been really busy. Yeah, so we wrote the book. First off, we tried this in Texas in the uh, last session, mm -hmm. and we got amazing support. Both Democrats and Republicans liked it. Wow. Uh, we broke out of uh, committee. It was entered by a freshman. I convinced a freshman House member to enter this as legislation, and they said it's dead. Freshmen can never take anything anywhere ever. Uh, bring it back twice or three times, and we might look at it. But a freshman got it out of the State Affairs Committee, which is the hardest committee in the House, right. got it out of calendars, and got it onto the floor. Wow. And then we, we impeached our attorney general, and oh, we had a whole yeah. bunch of stuff going on. And so it, it got chubbed out at the last second. But we had the votes. We counted them. And the reason is, when we walked into a Democrat's office, we just said, would you all like to own gold? And everybody says, yeah, I would like to own some. How do you buy it? In fact, how to buy gold was the number one search term on Google, according to the Wall Street Journal in April of this year. How to buy gold, number one top Google search term. Mm. The reason is, is people are scared, inflation, central bank digital currency, uh, they want something to hold its value, so they're worried. So how do I buy gold? And they said, the problem with gold is you can't buy a movie ticket with it or go out to dinner with it. It's, it's just not practical. But what we said then to the Democrat office is, would you like to own gold and have the ability to spend it or get paid in it and use it as currency? Yes, as an option, as an option, as a choice. Right. They, they know how hard it is. I have a client that passed away. Uh, she uh, had three rolls of gold coins in her safe. Brilliant, beautiful lady, lives in Chicago, and we liquidated her securities and we sold her house. We opened the safe and we found three rolls of gold coins. We estimated they're worth about $50,000. Hmm. And I got three different bids on them, 42,000, 47,000, and 49,700. Now, why the disparity? Well, people don't know what the purity is, and then they have to assay it, then they have to look at it. And then, you know, so we sold them back to the people she bought them from, and we had a certificate, and so they said it took eight weeks. Wow. Now, think if you're an average, moderate That's income right. person, you couldn't afford to keep your money tied up for eight weeks. But if you could have the gold and you wouldn't know where to store it, you probably don't even have a safe in your house. Right. But an average person could have their gold held by a state on deposit that's their actual gold, two ounces of gold that you own, that's four, about $4,000, and they could spend it if the washing machine broke down using a MasterCard or an American Express or a debit card. 
That becomes very useful means to store value. That's why Democrats loved it. It's economic justice. That's why we use the term economic justice in the book because we heard it over and over and over. When we released the book, we had a, at a Liberty Hawk Ranch here in Dallas, we invited uh, legislators from varying states, including one, uh, Senator Kevin McCabe from your state came and they all came in with different views. Well, maybe we should use gold backs or maybe we should do this or maybe when they left, they were uniform. This is mm. the answer. I wrote the book, gave them all copies of the book. They've gone home and it is now spread to 18 states with legislation. We think we can pass it in almost every state in the United States. And we love that federalism because maybe Alaska does it right, but California doesn't do it so right. And if I live in California, I can have a banking relationship in Alaska or South Dakota or Florida or Texas. I, I might, as a Californian, prefer my money be held in Alaska and my gold be held in Alaska. So 50 experiments, 50 shots on gold, the one that is most liberty-minded is the one that will garner the most resources, and that will yeah. benefit that state. Which is a huge opportunity for a state, right? States are always looking for a competitive advantage where the design was set up to compete with other states. You have different cultures, different economies, different things you can offer. One of the other things I really hear you saying um, on our show, we try to be really solution-oriented. We don't think there's much point in a nation of sofa surfers. We want to be a people who are mobilized to do something. What I really like in the solution you're offering is you didn't just write a book and then impose it on everybody. Um, what I really hear in what you've done is this has all come out of best thinking from a lot of different people, which is why it's so persuasive. You get into these rooms and you're taking the best ideas and the best implementation and then giving the liberty and freedom to people to say, these are the basic principles. Implement it the way it works best in Alaska, in Texas, in Montana, in Virginia. I know you were just there. Um, what works best for your context, but these are the principles that will work best. Government control does not work best. Individual liberty does. And like you said, um, what's not working for us right now, for example, is all of our retirees retired on a certain income with a dollar base at a certain value. And now that that value of the dollar is dropping out from under them, that is economic injustice. And when you take away economic freedom from people, you're really putting them in a sort of government captivity that undermines the complete purpose of our country. Um, and it's an urgency that we really need to deal with. No, no question. And each state has the opportunity to make a little money because they can pick right. up some of the fees. Um, and it's all constitutionally supported by Supreme Court decisions. They're all, I, I put and cite the major cases in pirate money. There's no flaw here. I, I'm going to South Carolina, Utah. Uh, I'd love to come to Alaska and talk about it. I've been to Virginia, as you mentioned, Florida. I'm gonna go from here and meet the Lieutenant Governor of Texas and carry him a copy of the book. We'll go anywhere and support because we are a solutions to action tank. Economic War Room is not a think tank. We're not a talking head show. We are like you're doing, Kelly. We're mm -hmm. a solutions to action. We come up with solutions and then we'll take action to help implement the solution. We've already done this with artificial intelligence. We've already done this with a border solution. We're already doing it with solutions for ESG and proxy voting and all of those things. So we have these solutions, we have, and we're, we're out there working hard with great people like you to try and implement the solutions so that real people can actually benefit and not just watch a talking head complain about what's wrong. <laughs>
Right. <laughs> I love part of what I love about this is when you talk about economic justice. I mean, this is also something that uh, advances the cause of uh, equality across the board, across race and gender, et cetera, because uh, when when impoverished communities lose their what little purchasing power they have, it makes their already challenging circumstances that much more challenging. And the solution you're proposing protects the value uh, of their of their money so that their purchasing power doesn't dwindle. Um, and so I've, I've, it's just a it's a powerful solution. So let's go back a little bit to the, the history of this. I just like to ask when you uh, when we go back to the beginning, Republicans and Democrats, uh, I mean, this this was an issue that divided them. Republicans mm -hmm. want a gold based currency. Democrats didn't. How did America get away from a standard that was outlined, as you mentioned, in our Constitution? And then how do we now hold our elected officials accountable uh, to issues like this and, and pushing this forward? Well, I'll blame two, a, a Democrat and a Republican. FDR confiscated gold in 1933 and right. removed us from the first part of the gold standard. Richard Nixon took us off the last part of the gold standard in 1971. In 1971, from that day to the present, I was 10 years old, I could buy a Hershey bar for a dime, I could buy a Slurpee for 15 cents, I could buy a Spider-Man comic for 15 cents, a cheeseburger, chocolate shake and fries at McDonald's for a dollar, Total, I could earn $1.60 in one hour's work. I could spend $1.40 on all those things that I just mentioned, and I had enough left over to pay my tithe. Or it shouldn't have been left over. I paid my tithe first, and then I had enough left over <laughs> to eat and enjoy all the good things in one hour's labor as a 10-year-old. But what happened in 1971 is Richard Nixon created the opportunity for the financialization of the entire economy to where we have money making money rather than people making things that make money and we lost our manufacturing base wall street became predominant they bought off all the politicians and that's how we went from being a real economy to a fake money economy which is where we are today and so if i can wake up the populace and realize this isn't democrat or republican that's right this is a real people versus the elites that are running everything they get it, and the way to take them back is education, and the way to educate them is pirate money. If I can get you to read, Nick Vujicic wrote the uh, forward to it. Nick is a dear friend. You gotta hear his story, it's in there. He got debanked, a man without arms or legs, got debanked. Uh, he's a brilliant, beautiful man. It's got great endorsements. Ben Carson wrote the very first endorsement here. If you'll read the forward by Nick Vujicic, I think you'll read the introduction. If you read the introduction, I'm certain you'll read the first chapter. If you read the first <laughs> chapter, you'll read the whole book, and I, and I have you on my team. Read the book. I know you'll buy, I know you'll buy into it, and you'll love it. That's really good. Um, so Nick is amazing. We do know him. And this is an awesome book. So we totally endorse and recommend it. You can get it on Amazon, Pirate Money or check out Kevin's website, economicwarroom.com. We appreciate your wisdom, we appreciate your courage, Kevin, and everything you've shared today, taking a stand for economic freedom and helping us out here in America. Um, this is amazing, pirate money is good, and we totally hope everybody adopts this, reads the book, and gets empowered. 
This has been another fantastic episode on Stand with Kelly and Nikki Chewbacca. You can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can get all of our links at standshow.org. We will see you next week.